Hello, my name is Janice B. Gordon. This is Scale Your Sales Podcast. Welcome to the Scale Your Sales Podcast, listed number nine of 42 best podcasts for every sales professional in 2021. I am Janice B. Gordon, the customer growth expert, recommended by LinkedIn as one of 15 innovative sales influencers to follow in 2021. In this week's episode of Scale Your Sales podcast, my guest talks about how they help organizations to harness their financial and business insights to drive top line growth. So we delve into Amazon best-selling book, Insight-Led Selling. And I've read this and I absolutely urge all sales leaders, all sales professionals to read this book. We talked about how value propositions only go so far in terms of proving the return on investment of the solution to the customer. This goes to a whole nother level of helping sales professionals to develop their business acumen. I speak to the author of a book I've just finished and I'm raving about it because it goes to a whole new level of educating sales professionals about the business acumen they need in order to become trusted advisors, but also in order to prove the value of the solution to their customers. So I would urge everybody to read the book. His company, Finlistics, helps sales organizations harness financial and business insights to drive top line growth. He is the board of directors at several charities which help special needs children live more fulfilling lives. Welcome to Scale Your Sales podcast, Stephen Timmy. Hi, Janice. How are you doing? And thanks, everyone, for listening to the podcast. Well, it's been an absolute um, pleasure. I have read your 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 book and I'm really enjoying it. And I'll tell you why. There are many sales books out there, as you know, but they do not cover the essential ground needed for sales professionals to become trusted advisors. They have to have business acumen. And what I love about your book is that you separate out what executive insights you need when you're talking the language, what they're interested in. You separate that out from the industry trends and things and where to get them. You make it so easy for people like me that are not, you know, CFOs, but need to perhaps talk to CFOs. And you make us feel, don't worry, you don't need to know everything. You just need to understand what your customer needs to hear the thing that's going to get them to understand that you're there to help them that's essentially what it is so I I really enjoyed and I'm going to listen to it again because it is very much in education and any any um, sales professionals that really want to up their game it's an absolute must so tell me more about how you developed the whole concept of educating sales professionals in the financial need to know in order to do their job 
Yeah, so it's been an interesting journey. In fact, my hair used to be dark when I first started the journey. <laughs> At least I have, still have it. No, so Janice, here, real, real quick, how this came about was in a previous life, uh, I was a professor of finance at Emory University here in Atlanta, where, where I, I live. And uh, I love being a professor. T teaching is in the DNA of, of my family. But I decided, Janice, that uh, as much as I love being a professor, I was not going to take a vow of poverty to be an educator. So I was very, very blessed to, to work with a number of Fortune 500 companies, manufacturing, retail, goes on and on. And so just by pure luck, I was doing an, an open enrollment workshop at Georgia Tech, Georgia Institute of Technology, also in Atlanta. And this guy from the software company comes up and says, you know, have you ever thought about applying this? to sales because these companies I was working with, a lot of it was how to improve operational efficiency. And here, Janice, you're in production. Here's how you help and on and on. That's when I started thinking, because Greg said, he goes, look, we're, we're so focused on features and functions. Executives could care less. We don't know how to show business value. And that's when it started pivoting to say, well, look, um, I mean, even recent research says 80 per, uh, executive buyers, we've 80% of sellers don't know their business. And we do research, you probably read it in the book, uh, where you know only 25% of sales organizations can align their solutions with what a customer is trying to do, which is sad. So that's when we really started saying, well, let's take this, how people run their companies internally and talk to salespeople, you know, and I love what you said. You don't need to know everything. You know, you don't have to be this industry expert. You just need to get the conversation going. So that's where we really pivoted and said, you know, what, what do you need to know? Well, one, you have to have some level of financial acumen, not be an MBA in finance, not be a finance type like me, thank goodness. But really, you need to understand the financial parts. But to me, even more important is what exactly is your customer trying to get done? How, how, what is their strategy for growing revenues or better managing expenses? And then thinking about the solution. Don't go in and say, hey, I sell customer intelligence. So Janice, that must be what you need. We don't know that, right? What's Janice trying to get done? So yeah, that, yeah. that's really, it's been a good 20-year journey. It's, it's been lots, lots of fun, lots of you know cool companies that we work with and, and have worked with thousands and thousands of sellers and hope in some way we, we've helped make their life better. Yeah, well, you've certainly made my, my life better. I've read lots of books around value propositions and Malcolm McDonald, I'm a visiting fellow yep. of Cranfield School of Management. He's written a brilliant book where he talks about financially quantifiable value propositions because, you know, many of them don't do that. It's just right. you know, they don't. This, this strange concept of, of value from whose point of view, but there's no ROI. And I think that your book takes it another stage further than that because you cover value propositions but actually really understanding what the business goal of the business is exactly and, that, and that's what to me one of the unique parts of the book i mean it's self look what finlistics does we sell sales intelligence so it's self-serving i'm just going to say it for me to say hey you ought to be doing this because oh we sell that but that's why janice as you know to me one of the most unique parts of the book is around us interviewing a dozen executives from a lot of premier companies and what is it you want, right? Let's just go to the source. The heck what Steven thinks or Finlistics thinks. What are, uh, you know, your their executives actually wanting? And that's what I really like, you know, some of the things they said, like, tell me something I don't know. I was like, what? You know, you, you have these huge staffs, you got every consultant you want, and you're telling me, tell me something you don't know. So a lot of 
good insights in, into things like that. But I, I really, really enjoyed uh, writing the book. It's a real education for sales professionals. They have to have this book. And the way that you've written it is very educational as well in the summarizing. So thank you. <laughs> thank yeah, you and I, I got I to gotta plug my co-author, Melody Ashley. Melody. Who, yes. She, yeah. So I brought kind of, I don't say the academic side, but this side, and Melody's been in sales for a good good number of years. Great insight. So it was so much fun to work with her and and doing this. So it's really a it's really a labor of love. So let me ask you about whether the sales industry, all the people that you interviewed, not only for for your book, but I know that you know the the customers that you work with, your clients. Mm -hmm. Whether you feel they've shifted enough to really focus on the buy, you've provided the financial tools. Yeah but being buyer and customer centric. There's still a ways to go. Um, you know, like the one Forrester, you know, result I gave you that executive buyers believe 80% of sellers don't understand their business. You know, there are research about, hey, can you align your solutions with goals? Only 25%. You know, as you know, Janice, the, I think it's Gartner now, there's 10 plus stakeholders in these major deals. Well, you got to customize the message. You know, I'm talking to you. You look like you'd be a marketing person to me. You know, I'm the finance person and there's operate. So you got to customize the message. And the same thing as a lot of folks say, we're, we're just not where we want to be. So there's a lot of heavy lifting still left. The good news is it's really not as hard as people think it is. It's a lot of work. I'm not going to take that away, you know, say, say it's not, but it's also very scalable. So it's still a lot of work to be done. That's why I listened to some of your podcasts. I loved it because you're, hey, listen, folks. You know, this is a customer centric perspective. I don't care what your features and functions are. You know, I don't care if your technology can run 10,000 forecasts in a minute. I only need one. So it, it's still a lot of work to be done. And I, I tell our folks at Finlistics, they're like, gosh, I can't believe people are still doing this. I'm like, hey, I'm glad because I don't want a real job, right? There's <laughs> <laughs> still, still a ways to go, but there is a path forward. Yeah. I mean, you have to do your research, but it's right. not as difficult as people think. Why do you say that? I think they get overwhelmed. Like they got to do everything at once. Like I got five major solutions. I sell them to five different industries. And my advice is always look, pick, you know, a couple of the industries, think about what you do, pick a couple of the areas of financial performance. So for example, let's say you sell customer insights. There's all kinds of financial metrics. You're, you're going to drive revenues. It's a team sport, right? Sales enablement, sales leaders, field sales, you know, industry experts, if you have them. And just brainstorm about, okay, let's, let's talk to Janice, the CMO. Let's talk to her how we can help and then get into the how much. So I always tell people, just, just pick an industry, pick a couple areas of financial performance, get your how statement down. And I learned, I learned that from Tom Showy. He was the CFO at Walmart wonderful person to work with and we're both finance types and i'd always come run tom tom you know we did this steven calm down come uh tell me the how this is going to help improve walmart's performance and then we'll get into the how much so uh, it's it's you know it is some work but i think people just get so overwhelmed thinking it's got to be perfect and you know you've heard the phrase progress over perfection pick an industry pick a couple areas of performance get your house statement down build some use cases uh, and it's a great start. I think that's a wonderful phrase that you said. Tell me how, and then we'll get into the how much. And providing the insights-led selling of right. the how and proving it, then actually 
the how uh, is going to pay for the how much. If you can demonstrate that you're going to save X number of time, well, what does that mean to the bottom line? Or, or you're going to, you know, reduce cost by X. What do, then that often pays for the how, doesn't it? How yes. much pays for the how? I, I tell people all the time, you don't have the right to tell me how much until you've demonstrated the how. Because people just make up, look, I'm a finance person. You need to make up numbers, right? And most of the time, we don't believe vendors anyway. We're going to go back and do our own analysis, or we're skeptical. I shouldn't be so so cruel. But yeah, the how earns you the right to talk about the how much. People that lead with the numbers, I'm always like, listen, you just lost all kinds of credibility. You know, there's certain companies out there have these value calculators on their websites. Oh, you've got this many employees, and oh, we can save you $100 million. That's nuts. That's absolutely crazy. Okay, so let me ask you about enabling buyers. So we talked about how customer service, uh, customer experience, and the the value that you're giving your your customer. I want to kind of like delve into how the other side, the buyer side, how you can actually enable them. Yeah, so so in the book, there were three key takeaways in talking to these execs. One was, uh, tell me something I don't know right? Show me the business and financial benefits and then make my life easier. So from a sales organization perspective, so think about it. Tell me something I don't know. And Don Garibaldi, she was a senior VP of supply chain at Procter & Gamble. When she said that, I'm like, Don, are you kidding me? <laughs> P&G you for- know everything. <laughs> and she was really interesting. She said, look, we, we get heads down. You know, we're supposed to grow earnings per share by this, take this much. She goes, we get so heads down. She said, but you know, these enterprise sellers, they talk to a lot of different companies in our industry and don't say anything confidential, but you know, say, well, let me share with you what others are doing to better manage expenses or to get product to market faster. Sometimes you're validating it. Sometimes you're telling them something new and it can either be something internal. Like I was talking to one friend of mine, uh, he sells into insurance, has his insurance through the same company and he's getting three different you know, communications. And he goes, what, why are you doing this? So he talked to their CMO. They got a database, master database, cut costs, enhance the experience. So one, help them by saying, look, I'm, I'm different. I, I'm, I'm not that 80% that you think I am. I'm going to share with you something you don't know. The second thing is, and this does not happen enough. Oh, so Janice, my understanding, you're, let's say you're, you're retail, you're trying to grow revenues uh, by having uh, a differentiated omni-channel experience. Let me share with you, right, how, how we've worked with others. Let me share with you how we can help you align with that goals and your strategies. And, oh, Janice, I know being the chief marketing officer, you're looking at things like campaign response rate. Well, you know, I'm going to try to talk your language. I'm not, you know, I'm not as fluent as you are. So show them the business benefits, how the, what you're doing aligns with what they're trying to get done and the potential financial benefits. The last one is, let me make your life easier. And, and um, I'm trying to think who it was. It was one of the people we interviewed. Um, oh, Steve, Steve Clancy. He was the CIO at Georgia Pacific, or he is. And he said, sometimes I work with these vendors. I love what they're sharing with me. But then they give me this 30-slide PowerPoint deck. He goes, I got to melt it down to one page right, to share it with my colleagues. So th- their whole point was just d- leave out all these details, just give me it on one page so I can make it, so it's easier for me to go sell this stuff internally. So that's how you can really help the buyer 
because they here's what I find and, and having worked with executives for many years, they want their trusted advisors to be successful and the trusted advisors should want them to be successful. They, they don't want to like, you know, three years, let's rip this technology out, plug in some new stuff. Yeah. So they really do want them to be successful. But what I find a lot of times with sellers is they're just selling the wrong way. And it reminded me of Jill Comrath when I, uh, she's written several books, but uh, she always says crazy busy customers. And I think sellers don't always have an awareness. They're head down. They've, they've got no, time it used to be that um, buyers well now buyers only use five percent of their time across all of the vendors yeah. you know that 70 percent of their their entire buying time is actually focused on buying so you think a buyer that's all they do no it isn't <laughs> so they they are so crazy busy they don't have time to do all the consideration so if you understand their world um, then you know make it busy easy for for executives I think that's a that's a great concept to get your your head yeah. around how can I make it easy uh, for the person I'm, I'm talking to yeah and Janice you know they're already 70% down the buying journey mm. right and uh, you know as you get more and more millennials as buyers a friend of mine calls them the untouchable they almost don't even want to talk to vendors. Like, I know what I need. You're just going to be this order taker. So how, how do I differentiate myself by uh, aligning with them more quickly? I don't have weeks to do that anymore. I got yeah. like first couple of meetings, you and I need to click. Um, so yeah, it's just, you know, a lot of things they can do to really help the buyers and differentiate themselves. And as you know, buyers don't want to be working with five different vendors, right? They really like, they want to have one throat to choke. That's it, you know? Yeah. <laughs> another great phrase <laughs> yeah. all right so let me talk about um diversity I, okay. I know that you've got you know some experience in and um, what you have seen with your clients so it'd be great if you could share that whether you think the industry is changing whether you think that you know more is to be done yeah big big changes uh and i think i in my response earlier is that you know having done i think i first started this the late 90s early 2000s and you know if it was technology <laughs> You'd go and do a workshop, and it was like you went to the dude ranch, right? It's all, all those guys, you know, all that kind of stuff. And so a lot of our clients, like the IBMs of the world and the Cisco's of the world and the Microsoft's of the world, they, they made a conscious effort. They'd see the value. And, hey, let's have these different perspectives. And the one that really stuck out at me one time, I was in this workshop, and it was all about being a trusted advisor. And they were talking about, I forget what, exactly what the ratio is. It's something like, you know, how much talking you do, you know, how much talking the client does relative to how much talking you do. And they were saying that guys have low scores because we want to just talk about ourselves. And they were talking about women, you know, like if I were to say, oh, Janice, how are your children? They were saying men are just like checking this list off, right? Where women really care, how are your children? So, you know, what I, what, you know, I see like in our company, there's just, there's just a different perspective which is, which is helpful from, okay, how are we going to approach this problem? How are we going to approach this customer? You know, what is our strategy? And so what I find is by having the diversity in there, uh, not just you know, men and women, but we have people from India as an example and other places, is you, you just, one, be more representative of the real world for one, and then two, there are different perspectives and they're worth listening to. So I, you know, like I said, our clients have made a conscious effort not to just fill the quota, yeah, but they yeah. see real value in it. 
Yeah, yeah, which is great. I, you know, I think that I often ask executives, you know, what is the makeup of their board? And they know what I'm driving at without you know, yeah. uh, being threatening or anything like that. And I think you just need to ask the question. And the more they get asked the, the, the question, because I, I don't know if it's in America, but certainly when the Christmas advert comes out, you certainly see diversity represented by everyone, all of them. But when you go onto their website and you look at the, the, the leadership team, nothing changes. You know, they just roll them out, you know, things yeah. politically no, correct. I, I used to do that uh, is I would get out, you know, to say, hey, you're calling on this company, blah, 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 and I'd open up and here's the board of directors. I said, pretty diverse, huh? Bunch of old white guys like me. That's what it is. <laughs> but you're, you're seeing, you're seeing more and more changes. People see the, the, the value uh, in that and hold the focus on the whole ESG, right? I mean, that's people are kind of saying, okay, look, we need to really think about this. And some, some companies I know they're just checking the box, but I think others are making a conscious effort to say, you know, we have this responsibility uh, to be more representative of the real world. Yeah. Yeah. So tell me more about Finlistics, um, where you are now, what you're developing, you know, how yeah. you're kind of moving it forward. Yeah. So real quick, what Finlistics does here, I always like to talk about the, the challenge that we're addressing. So enterprise sales organizations, everybody wants to call higher. Everyone wants to talk to different buyers, right? Because these buying groups are getting larger. So what we do is a number of things. One, uh, we work with our clients uh, and all this is pretty much automated now. Um, it, it, you know, as, as a platform, but we'll work with them to say, okay, what, what is it, the industries you serve, the customers you're calling, what, what is it they want and how do your solutions align with that, right? The other part is then saying, okay, well, what's going on financially? Because all the executives we talked to in the book said, if I'm publicly traded, you need to know how I'm doing financially, not be a financial expert. So we have a platform called Client IQ within literally a matter of minutes. You could say, okay, I'm calling on uh, HSBC or Lloyd's, whoever it is. So I can find out what they're doing financially, what are some of their key priorities. And then as a part of that is, uh, you know, okay, you sell customer intelligence, right? Well, what would a 1% improvement uh, be worth if they could increase cross-sell, upsell? So what it does, it puts all those pieces together. So it would take hours and hours and hours to do. Some people say 20 plus hours, you can really get in a matter of minutes. And I, I never say we save you time because here's what I find. If it's going to take someone 20 minute, 20 hours to put all this together, they don't do it, right? Yeah. So it provides them that outside-in perspective on what exactly is HSBC or Lloyd's, whoever the heck we're talking about, core for, what are they trying to get done? How can you potentially help? What are some questions you should ask? And then one of our differentiators is that I have a bench of coaches uh, almost all former executives who say, okay, Janice, we're not here to teach you the tool, Client IQ. We're, we're going to work with you. So how do you talk to a CMO? How do you talk to a CFO? So it really pulls all the pieces together. So a lot of, a lot of customer intelligence, as well as what do you do with all this stuff? I didn't realize you had the coaching element to, yep. to that because many companies do need hand-holding oh, yeah. because they will revert back to type, won't they? How many reports are done that end up in the bottom drawer? <laughs> oh, yeah. Are they, you, you need just to check, change that behavior. Your, yeah. your CRM, hey, I went, ran a Finalistics report, check the box. Well, really, I mean, you're going to go talk to a senior person in marketing or operations. 
how how do they think about the world? And and that's where the coaching, both the webinars we do, and I'm just going to brag on my coaches. Uh, they average a net promoter score over 80. And the only company I know that's higher than that is Tesla. So I always tell people, Elon Musk, I'm coming for you. Yes. <laughs> uh, so no, that's a very, very valuable part of the process. So our, our, what we've been working on is how do you make it just easier, easier, easier. So, you know, you look at Lloyd's or you look at Carrefour or whoever it might be, and it pretty much gives you the answer. Right now, I, I still got to do some thinking, which sellers are, you know, paid to think but just make it even more and more and more prescriptive. So that's what that's what we're working on. Excellent. Sounds fantastic. Okay. So who is your hero or Shiro? Shiro. Yeah. Well, you know, I mentioned Elon Musk and I love people that change the world. And you can think, whatever you want to think about Elon Musk, I know right now he's getting all this grief about Twitter and this and that and all that. Forget, I mean, I don't care about that. What I care about is I mean, here's, here's a person literally change the automotive industry. Here's a person that literally changed space travel. Here's a guy that will create things like these hyperloops say, oh, Janice, here, here, here's the blueprints. Take it. You go figure it out. And the other one is Sam Walton. He, again, changed the world. He, he helped people get access to goods that would have either been more expensive or just simply not available at all. So, uh, you know, from a business perspective, you know, those are, those are my, my heroes. And in my personal life, uh, my my mom and dad, of course. Yeah, of course. <laughs> That's fantastic. Brilliant. Well, how can listeners get hold of you? Okay, so a couple of things. Um, you, you can go to our website, you know, finlistics.com. In fact, what we have is for the podcast, you can go to fin, you know, www.finlistics.com forward slash listeners. And I'll, I'll send this link to you, Janice. Yeah. And there, what they can do is, for example, you can get a copy of the book, Insight-Led Selling. We've got a lot of great resources there. Uh, what you can also do is follow me or Finlistics on LinkedIn. And like, you know, we, we do like two webinars a month. Like I'm doing one next month, uh, next week on the power of one. But a lot of times we have executives uh, on. What do, I, what do I want, you know, from you as a seller and that type of thing. So, you know, go out to our website, a lot of great resources. Uh, follow us on LinkedIn. Uh, we're always doing something because I still have this professor in me, Janice. I, you know, knowledge should be free. And of course, my, my VP of sales is always, would you quit saying that? You know, <laughs> we're trying to sell something. Shut up. But uh, yeah, a lot of really good stuff out there that, again, it's focused on helping sellers be more successful, be more relevant to uh, these executive buyers. Well, I love your energy and uh, Steve and I have got lots in common because we love traveling and, you yeah. know, we're always um, talking a about uh, a traveling, but I, you know, would urge all sales professionals to get the book, Insight-Led Selling. This is going to change your, your life and also join the, the webinar um, next week and connect with uh, Dr. Stephen. Oh, yeah. You don't, have to call, you don't have to call me Dr. Janice. I don't give shots. <laughs> Well, thank you so okay. much for being a guest on Scale Your Sales podcast, Stephen. Great. Thank you, Janice. And again, thanks everyone for uh, joining us on this podcast. Hope you've gotten a good return on investment of your time, but uh, thank you very much. Thank you for listening to this week's episode of Scale Your Sales podcast. If you like this discussion, feel free to listen to other episodes or watch the caption show on YouTube 
and subscribe to future episodes. I would really appreciate it if you would leave a positive review on iTunes. Thank you.